at the level that we are doing deals and stuff, there's a lot of operators out there that, okay, there's a lot of them that don't have the track record and then they might not be, you know, the best operators, but there's also a lot of them that have very solid track records that if you run a, a background check, you're, you're going to find that they're, you know, super clean, great people, great professionals, great communicators, great everything, like awesome people. But that doesn't really mean that they're a good fit for you. This is Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals. Today, our guest is Lennon Lee from BLD Capital Group. Today, we're going to talk about passively investing in multifamily real estate deals and why that is a more preferable goal than actively investing in multifamily real estate deals. Len is going to tell us about his process and his recommendations for getting your passive real estate investment opportunity deal flow going and improving that deal flow and getting the best quality deals coming to you from active investors and potential partners that you can invest with. Len is going to tell you all about his background. I'll let him do that once we get into the interview, but he's has he, he has a great story. If you're looking to get inspired by someone who came from another country and has built a huge real estate portfolio through sheer hustle, this is your guy. It's a great discussion. And today you're going to learn about building your passive deal flow to the best it can possibly be. The keys to that. And I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll let us get into it here. But uh, this is a great discussion. I really enjoyed it. Len's a great guy to talk to. And uh, without further ado, here we go. Lennon, thanks for joining us today. Hey, what's up, man? Thank you for having me. Great to talk to you again. Uh, could you tell our listeners a bit about your background and how you got to where you are today? Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, originally from, from Venezuela, uh, not Minnesota, which a lot of people sometimes get. <laughs> I'm from Venezuela. I moved to the United States in 2010. Um, with my family. Uh, I'm an engineer by trade and uh, I came here to do a master's and FIU down here in Miami. Um, I've been investing in real estate actually since 2009. Uh, a year before we moved to the United States, we, we came here and when I, that, when I say we, that's my family and I. Uh, mom, dad, sister, the whole the whole gang, we came here and we bought a, a few a small portfolio of, of uh, condos and single families. And later on, we bought, we even bought a piece of land that we later sold. So since 2009, I've been basically overseeing and managing uh, that small portfolio of, of, for my family. Uh, while at the same time I was going to school and I was, uh, and then later I joined um, uh, logistics company. Well, I was actually, I was doing logistics for a print, for a printing company. But anyway, I did that for a few years and um, I figured, well, I, I was, I was definitely not enjoying uh, what I was doing. <laughs> and uh, I was, it's not like I was loving being a landlord and, and handling all the, the calls from the tenants and all that, but nobody does. <laughs> yeah. I was learning a lot. Ultimately around 2015 or so I started looking at opportunities uh, just because the return on equity that we had on those properties, uh, they were not there anymore, and then the rents were going down. So uh, we we had made you know we had made good money on those investments, but it was time to to move. Uh, so I started looking into commercial real estate, 
then into multifamily was it, it's what I understand better. It was simple to understand. And um, well, I, I actually decided, well, I need to look at this from a, from a passive perspective because my family, they moved to Panama uh, and they, they were basically, they told me, well, you know, he, here you have the money. First of all, you better not lose it. Second of all, just try to make some money out of it so we can, you know, leave uh, our life here in Panama um, from, from the cash flow that the money can produce. So definitely we're looking for something passive, something that produces cash flow, and before anything else, something or a strategy that allows for capital preservation. Uh, so we ended up investing in, uh, as a passive investor in a, almost well, it's 296, 296 unit, uh, apartment complex with a local group in Dallas that um, allowed us to to come in as accredited investors, put their money in, and um, well, it we had cash flow. We were investing in cash and Class B multifamily. We were looking at long term debt. We were looking at you know several different uh, strategies that were being implemented that were in place just to protect the capital first and then again we had some solid cash flow and some solid uh, forced appreciation uh, so it ticked all the boxes for us uh, and that's how we started uh, and uh, right now I've, I'm, a, I'm a limited partner I would say roughly 3,000 units uh, I'm a general partner in roughly 2,000 units we closed uh, and sponsored a deal, uh, 138 units uh, here in Florida uh, early this year. And uh, this is 2019. And uh, yeah, we're off to the races now, trying to, trying to look for more deals and uh, continuing to provide opportunities for our investors and for our family, especially, to deploy some more capital into multifamily. That's great. And it sounds like you really, you really know your why in getting into real estate, which is very important. And before we started recording, you were saying um, something about your, your mentality of investing is that you're a limited partner first, that meaning for, for those out there who don't know, you're a passive investor first is how you think about yourself, which is you know, how I think about myself is I'm, I'm here for the, the passive return first. And what do I have to do to, to make that bigger? Um, and I'd, I'd like to talk to you today about building the best deal flow possible as a limited partner, because those deals don't just show up on your doorstep, right. the best investment opportunities. So how do you think about that? And, you know, how can we get started? And that's a very broad question, yeah. but how can we start building that uh, deal flow as limited partners? Yes, definitely. Um, so you need to, you need to put yourself in a position, uh, to, to, to achieve uh, a healthy deal flow. Right. And so what does that mean? Um, it's going to be different for, for, for everyone, obviously, because for, in my case, uh, I happened to not have a job at the time. So I, I started building a company and building a business around it. So to me, it's a little bit easier just because I can, I'm a full-time investor. This is what I do. So I'm, I'm dedicated to building new relationships every day and, 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 and forging those uh, partnerships with potential uh, operating partners or, or sponsors, syndicators, however you want to call them, uh, to basically have a, because the way I like to do it, first of all, is 
to build a, a personal relationship. So it's not like I have the widest, it's not about having the widest network of operating partners or sponsors out there in the country, but having one that has a lot of quality, right? So to me, that quality comes from the quality of the relationship that I have with them and the quality of, of course, of their, um, I guess, track record and all that good stuff, but also the strategy that they have. Uh, meaning, if it's an operator that's growing in, in one particular market and you build a relationship with them, odds are that they're going to move into different markets as well later on as they grow. That is going to improve your deal flow organically just because now you have a relationship. You don't need to waste time building a relationship with someone else on a different market because now this operator is moving to that market and it's going to source deals in that market. So um, that's, that's the first thing, right? But also, even if you're not full-time, you want to be you want to be active, even though you're a passive investor, you want to be active up front, building relationships. And you want to be where the, where, this, where the sponsors and the syndicators are because obviously it goes back to the relationship part, right? So you want to be where they are and start building those relationships. It's uh, deal flow and, and, and in terms of quantity, it's easy to have because now we have all this crowdfunding platforms you can always call uh anyone really and you go you can go to a facebook group and you're gonna have maybe two thousand syndicators that are doing exactly the same business model that you and i are doing or you and i are investing in and uh and there you go if one deal flow there you go but what good does that you know what good does that do to you or or your or to your strategy it does i don't think that works so more more so than quantity it's it's how do you how do you create a, a solid pipeline of quality deals from quality sponsors? And I think mm. it's about focusing on the long term and uh, and on their relationships first. Okay, so focusing on long term relationships first, and you mentioned a few ways to maybe uh, get a, a, a quantity quantity of deals and not necessarily a quality, which is just go find all the syndicators you can on Facebook, which is how all great business relationships start truly is on Facebook. Not really. Um, another way that I've has stumbled upon is by going to these real estate syndication events that, you know, you get new people that if you give them your card, well, that automatically means you want to be on my list and get on, you know, get all of my deals, which, you know, bugs me personally. So that, you know, this, this, okay, we want relationships. The next question that flows from that is how do we find those or start those quality relationships? I mean, can we still start those quality relationships through a platform like a Facebook or do we want to go to live events or listen to podcasts? You know, what do you think about actually starting to forge those relationships? How do we do it? Uh, listen, to me, it's very, to me, it's very simple because um, again, I'm doing, I'm doing this for myself and for my family. I, ha I just happened to create a company. The way I like to see it is, is, is where, where I'm building a curated network of some of the best operators out there and syndicators for me to deploy my family's capital. Obviously, that has value for other investors that don't have the time or they just don't want us, you know, waste, quote unquote, waste the time uh, building these relationships, but they trust me. So through me, they can 
get access to that quality deal flow. But that's 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 just one thing. But ultimately, uh, what you want to do is go ahead and be an active investor first before you're passive. That sounds, you know, I know that sounds weird, but I guess my point is there's no such thing as 100% passive, right? At least not up front. So you need to, so you need to be willing to spend the time and, uh, and the money to go out there to where, to, to this, just like you said, these conferences and stuff to start building the relationships. Because here's, here's the way I see it. Um, anyone at the level that we are doing deals and stuff, there's a lot of operators out there that, okay, there's a lot of them that don't have the track record and then they might not be, you know, the best operators, but there's also a lot of them that have very solid track records that if you run a, a background check, you're, you're going to find that they're, you know, super clean, great people, great professionals, great communicators, great everything, like awesome people. But that doesn't really mean that they're a good fit for you, you know? Mm. So it's about identifying what operator is a good fit for you. And to me, that goes, um, that, that's about having a personal relationship uh, with, the, with, the, with the company or, the, or the, the, the operators that you're working with where, where you can feel comfortable in the way they communicate, in the way they treat you, just having a beer with them or, or, or a coffee or a drink and you're in, in enjoying being with them personally, that to me is very important because it talks and it builds a bond that goes beyond money, you know? And ultimately, once you have that bond, you should feel that these guys are going to treat you like a friend uh, and you're going to start understanding their, their, their character, okay? And their character is what is what's going to determine how they're going to act when something goes wrong. Again, that's the focus for me, and that's why it's taken to me at least. I think it's taken uh, it's taken long for me to build uh, a, a, a network of of all these operators. I have three or four, or maybe a handful of them that I can trust and that I feel I can invest and deploy my capital with even though I know probably a hundred that are great companies, great, uh, you know, operators, great track records and all that good stuff. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you want to take your time to get to know these people and to evaluate them as people before you um, really count them among your, uh, your short list of potential partners. What do you think about um, like some of the best events to go to live? I mean, I know you you host an event in uh, in Miami, if I'm not mistaken. I host one in Richmond, uh, yeah. where I live. What about you know national events, local events? What do you think? Well, there's a ton of them, right? There's uh, there's there's definitely a ton of them. There's uh, all these guys and, and and coaches and educators that are doing events across the country. Uh, from well, from from Jake and Gino to Joe Fairless to Brad Sumrock to, uh, you know, there's there's a ton of them, and that's the, those are like the, the ones that probably have Adam Adams, uh, Neil Bawa, like all these great guys that are doing um, conferences at the national level. You should you know you want to be there. I think I think as a passive investor, someone that wants to learn the ropes, uh, just to understand how to analyze deals, how to bet operators, how to um, and then obviously at the end of the day, build 
personal relationship with these guys, you want to be there. You want to spend the time and the money to be there. But, uh, but then there's also the local meetups like mine and like yours, right? Uh, here in Miami, I- I'm doing this event for the past couple of years, uh, every month, where it's very laid back environment. It's like a fireside chat, a lot of networking. We're learning about everything multifamily and, um, and you know, great partnerships and great relationships are being built there, I'm sure, in, in your meetup too. And uh, I, I would dare to say, even as a passive investor, if you want, if there's not a meetup in your local market that, that you think that you, that you enjoy, or that's a quality meetup, that's maybe providing the content that you want to learn about, go ahead and create it. Just start, start, start a group, start a group, maybe have lunch or, or coffee every morning or every, I mean, every week or whatever with a group, maybe you're going to have a couple of investors, but then as it grows, you're going to start meeting the players in the market that might be, um, you know, potential people that you can partner with in the, in, in the future or invest with in the future, whatever you, however you want to look at it. I think it's always important. So again, uh, once more, it boils down to relationships, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, starting mine and, and I don't know about you starting yours, but starting mine was kind of a, it's a daunting task because it's at first it's like, is anybody going to show up? And then people yeah. show up to me, my second month, I've been doing mine for, I think two and a half years now, something like that. My second, my first yeah. month, like six people came. My second month, one guy showed up and I was just like, this is unacceptable. I don't yeah. settle for this. And now I get somewhere between 25 and 50 people and, and it's a lot of fun and, and relationships are formed, but it, it takes sticking with it to make it worth the time. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. Consistency. It's, it's, it's everything. It's everything. Forget about quality, man. I mean, yes, you want to provide quality content, all that. Yeah. We, we know that already, but consistency trumps everything, everything really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You brought something up um, in the uh, last kind of hunk of the discussion about analyzing deals and running the numbers so where do you think the the that people can start building that skill and then also in terms of importance in getting your deal flow going where does learning how to analyze deals fall is it more important than meeting the best quality sponsors is it equally less important than that which is to say meeting quality sponsors is more important what do you think? I'll tell you what, and this is not my case because in my case, I'm obviously representing a group of, of, of investors that are trusting my, my, my judgment and my expertise and, and my company to do all, a lot of this betting. But if you're, if you're you know, from a passive, totally passive, you know, individual, uh, limited partner, it's, it is important, don't, don't get me wrong, because you want to understand exactly how these guys that you're giving the money to are looking at the deals, their assumptions that they're making. Maybe you have a sip, a model for yourself that, well, if you create it or, or you can find a lot of different models online that can help you run numbers. Uh, and they're gonna allow you to understand the thought process behind it. Uh, first of all, if, if, it, if, it, if it's a good fit for you, then you're gonna feel more comfortable, right? Going into the deal. But mm-hmm. if not, then you can identify certain things like, like I'm running the numbers myself and I just don't understand how these guys are ending up at a, let's say 18% IRR. Maybe they're, maybe the cap rates that they're using for, for the, like the reversion cap rate, it's too low. 
maybe I was, you know, maybe if you if you learn correctly, you want to be conservative, then you you're probably uh, underwriting for a, a significantly higher cap rate at the exit. So if that's not a good fit, then you can identify the problems or potential problems with the deal or with the operator. So and that's just one example, right? But so yes, it's definitely important that you understand at least as at the very minimum at the very high level how the how the numbers work how are how are these people adding value to these properties like how is it that they're that you're going in with a with a number but then uh, let's say 10 million dollar property and the property is going to be worth i don't know 15 million in, in in five years how does that work what is what if the market doesn't grow that fast well maybe you want to start understanding and this goes back to education, I guess. Uh, you want to start educating yourself on understand, well, you know what forced depreciation is? That's basically the holy grail of commercial real estate, right? Like how $1 of NOI at a 5% cap rate can, can translate into $20 in value for your property. You know, so mm -hmm. that understanding all of that, it's very, very, very important. That being said, you asked the question uh, um, of, of if this is more important than the than the actual relationship with the with the operator, and again, as a passive investor, I would say you're passive for a reason. Maybe you're a successful physician or lawyer, or you have a you know businessman, whatever. You probably don't want to spend one minute of your time. But so for you, it's it's definitely going to be about trust, and you're going to trust these guys. And once you have someone that you can trust and you understand that their philosophy, their strategy, the way they look at deals, and again, you trust them, and they, that they have integrity every time, then the, the, you having to do any underwriting or, or vetting the numbers and, and, and all that falls into a second or third position. You know? I'm not saying mm -hmm. you never have to do it, because you always should, but let's, let's be realistic, man. You know? Let's be realistic. As a passive investor, that's you, 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 That's what you want to be passive, and that's it. So, stick to the people that you know, that you trust, and that you've 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 done all that betting up front, run the numbers up front, and all that good stuff. Um, that's probably going to be more important for you. Mm, yeah, yeah. I would, um, I would agree from my experience. I mean, it's uh keep in mind uh, to the listeners out there that you're listening to two engineers right now. So we are numbers oriented people. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But you mentioned checking the numbers, knowing how to do that. Absolutely. I mean, I, I've gotten deals in, in my inbox that I, I look at and I run the numbers on and they're saying 18% IRR to take your case. And I'm coming up with 13%. Even if I take all their numbers, I'm getting 13. So yeah. So what yeah, happened? Maybe what, what happened there? Maybe is it the model that I'm using? Maybe maybe this model has uh, the formulas are wrong, or maybe their formulas are wrong, and that would be crazy, right? So, the, do yeah, you need you need education. You need you need to be listening to podcasts like this. You need to be uh, educating yourself for quite a while before before you take action. Um, I I always say there's no there's no action without uh, feeling comfortable, like, and there's, and you're not going to feel comfortable if you're not educated, you know? So knowledge leads to action. I don't, I, I don't see, I, well, again, maybe it's just myself, but I don't see me taking action without having the knowledge uh, of what I'm doing. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, um, especially if you're somebody that's, if you're, again, to take a passive case, you're putting 50, 100, 200 plus thousand dollars into someone else's hands of your own money. You're saying, all right, go ahead. Give me, give me more back later. But, you know, in a, in a way you're, you're putting your faith in someone, someone else's business, some, someone else's character yes. uh, to handle that money for you. And you know that, and again, that's that's what it boils down to. Everyone wants, everyone likes to talk about. You need to underwrite every deal. You need to do this and that. That's that's not that's not happening. I mean, it's happening for me. It's happening for <laughs> for you potentially, right? Like that we are representing groups of investors going into partnerships with different operators, or obviously, well, if it's my own deal, then. You know, well, even more so because I'm the operator that myself. But, uh, but if I were like a totally passive investor, just investing my money. Listen, you're getting an, an investment opportunity. You're in, I don't know, you're in, you're in, in, in Bahamas. Well, maybe, but maybe not Bahamas right now. But uh, <laughs> whatever, you know, wherever you are in the world, you're getting the opportunity. You take a look at take a look at the numbers, high level. And if you've built a, a solid relationship with that team and with that operator, you're investing without looking at the numbers, without, without running your spreadsheet, like you, you're probably doing it. Just like you're not reading the PPM every single time you're investing in a deal with one operator. It, yeah, absolutely. I think a, a lot of that's very important. And, and over time, I mean, personally, you, uh, I'd be happy to hear your, your angle on this. I kind of build criteria that are more or less in my head, but uh, there are cer certain syndicators whose deals I receive where I'm like, I'm going to look at it, but there's no way I'm actually moving forward with this because I don't know this guy, but I'll look at his numbers and see see what I think. Or maybe I like a syndicator, but they're doing deals in Memphis and I don't like Memphis. So I'll still take a gander at the deal, but it's just, you know, I'm not going to waste too much time on it. Or there are more criteria. I like the syndicator. I'll like the market i'm interested in the deal so i'm going to take some time off of my day job and drive there and look at the properties and see what i think and that's the active part you, you gotta be you gotta be super super active so education podcast books conferences traveling uh going to look at the properties looking at deals and underwriting them all that good stuff you're doing up front once you build that relationship, once you once you took action, once you feel comfortable, et cetera, you you need to do less of that. But now you not it's not like you need to do less, but you will be doing less of that. It's just it's just the nature the nature of the beast, uh, and there's no there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, it's 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 just what it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can you tell us about? I'm I'm curious about the best passive experience that you've had. How good does it get? Tell us about it. Uh, 2016, that was the first deal. Uh, we we recently sold that one, and um, that was a 25% cash on cash. Nice. Uh, yeah. So that's 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 just amazing. And um, the the IRR, I think it, it was also roughly like 25, 26% IRR. So yeah that's a home run, you know, in my, in my eyes, it's, it's, it's just fantastic. So, and, and not only that, not only that, but that was the first deal, uh, my first limited partner deal. And, um, 
it it led and opened the doors to everything that I'm doing right now and all the relationships that I've built so far. Uh, and it, it's just been fantastic. It's a, it's an amazing, um, industry. So, uh, with, you know, very, very smart people from all walks of life, uh, engineers like you and I, you know, salesmen and, and well, you name it, right. It's, it's tech people, etc. And we all, you know, truly believe in, 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 in what we're doing and we're all investing on each other's deals, which, which, which is also the, the, something that I think it's, it's, it's fantastic because it talks about the, the relationship building and the trust that, that, that's building. I have people that invest in my deals uh, on, the, on the Jacksonville deal, for example, I have one big name syndicator that invested with us and uh, they, they own thousands of units and it, 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 it's really, it, it's really, it's nice to see because ultimately we are all passive investors as well. Right. So, uh, you know, it's about diversifying and building this relationship that ultimately you're not doing any more vetting once you have a, a good circle of syndicators or, or partners around you. Uh, the vetting is over at that point. Now you're, now you're, if you're lucky, you're, you're potentially building friendships now. Mm -hmm. So that's the way I see it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've absolutely observed that. Um, you said, you know, we're all passive and, and I have noticed that a lot of the big names uh, invest in deals passively as well. I know I'm uh, side by side with a, a, a big name on a deal who I, you know, I didn't even know this person was going to be investing in this deal until, right. you know, I got some of the documentation back and I saw, Oh, I didn't know he invested in that. And, uh, you know, I've also noticed that um, a lot of flippers, for example, to get into the more residential side, right. most flippers I talk to have this fantasy of, I want to flip enough and build up enough capital so that I can just be a, a money lender and right. that I don't really have to work anymore. So everybody's really right. looking for that passive return. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the ultimate goal, right? Like financial freedom, whatever that means for you in terms of numbers, because that, that's going to be different for everyone uh it's it's the ultimate goal or call it just freedom right you, you want to do whatever you want to do with whoever you want to do it uh whenever you want to do it that's that's it. so and you need you need some money for that Whether yeah you do. <laughs> money for a lot it could be a lot it could be a, it could be a little money but but you need some money and you need to have it come Passively, meaning you're not working for it, because if not, then you wouldn't be doing whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, with whoever you want to do it, right? So that's, that's, that's the way I see it. That's what we're all seeking. So we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Lennon, we've got three questions we ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? Uh, yes, hopefully I am. All right, great. First one, what is the best investment you've ever made? I would have to say education, man. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, it, it is important, but we, we, you know, before before we went live, um, we talked about that being a common answer. So uh, it would have to be the first investment in real estate, in real estate that we made. So it was, uh, we bought three condos here in Miami in 2009. Wow. Financially, financially, it was amazing, but also the experience and everything, uh, it, it led me to where I am today. So I'm grateful for that. 
Yeah, that's great. I mean, I don't, I don't know specifically how bad Miami got hit in the Great Recession, but I would imagine it was pretty severe because yeah, Miami, Miami was one of the the worst markets. It got hit pretty bad. It's very volatile on on uh, on recessions. So yeah, yeah, it was a good thing at that point. It's a perfect time to buy. Perfect time to get in the game. Yeah. On the other side of that, what is the worst investment that you've ever made? That's a that's a that's a hard one, man. That's a hard one. I would uh, I would have loved. I don't know if it's the worst investment, but after I graduated uh, as uh, you know for engineering in Venezuela, that I moved here, I continued the path on engineering. My master's that I did here was engineering management. Even though I already knew at the time that I was not gonna be, that I was probably not gonna be working as an engineer. So I, I would say that that investment would have gone better. Uh, maybe if I didn't go to go to school uh, as a, to graduate school, or if I would have, or if I would have done maybe something more uh, about business, which is uh, uh, you know a lot of a lot of the the learning I had to do by by doing on this past few years uh and um maybe that maybe going to school for that would have helped me so i would say that wasn't that wasn't the best one Mm, yeah you already knew i don't want to do engineering management but sometimes it's it's hard to to change that track even when you're you know it's that power of of commitment you know i think we all do that Yeah. yeah yeah My favorite question, the last of these three, is what is the most important lesson that you've learned in investing? A lot of people like to say you build it and they will come. And when it comes to, to investing, in our case specifically, they, call, if you, they say if you have a good deal, the money will come. I've learned that the hard way that that's just not true. <laughs> definitely, definitely not true, man. I mean, it's about it's about building and creating your network even if you're not raising capital again i guess it, it, it it's about the, the 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 broad picture about building a network um being prepared and uh and then you know take take taking action uh it, it's, it's going to be very tough if you just go at it without uh well first of all having the education but then also having built a team a network of partners and and and, and people around you that that they can trust that's going to help you. Ultimately, it's a it's a team sport. Absolutely. I think that's that's great and and that has struck me in the past as well even if you've got a great deal, uh there is that saying out there people say uh that money will come if you've got a great deal and that it's just not true. You have to uh, my favorite saying related to that is you have to dig the well before you're thirsty. You have to really prepare these things and not be <laughs> scrambling on the back end to either, you know, make your capital commitment yeah. or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's the same way. Like if you see it from the, from the passive investor, the one that's going to invest, maybe, maybe it's true. It's true as well. If you see it that way, because if you have the money, that doesn't mean that you have a great deal waiting for you as well. You know? So, you, again, you want to be prepared. You want to build your network. You want to actually, going back to what, to what we started talking about at the beginning, which building a quality uh, pipeline of deals with, from quality operators, that people that you have quality relationships with and all that good stuff. Because again, you might have all the money, but what are you going to do? 
I mean, unless you're crazy, you you, you don't want to deploy it into just into any deal. So it it, it works both ways. <laughs> hey, one man's crazy is another man's brave. But no, I I totally I totally agree with you. I mean, as a passive investor, just because. I've got capital in my bank account doesn't mean syndicators are going to be beating down my door to get me to invest it with them. I mean, if you put yourself out there, then yeah, you'll, you'll start getting at least that quantity of yeah. deal flow. Uh, but we want to step it up and get the quality deal flow going as we've discussed today. Yes, definitely. Definitely. I mean, and I'll, I'll tell you, I've, I've seen big, big, big time investors, like huge uh, family offices, um, private equity groups, like big shops. And uh, actually they're, they're, a lot of the problems that they have is they just don't have enough deals. Like they, they, they're not, they're, they are not seeing enough deals. And these guys, we're talking, well, billion, 500 million, $200 million family offices, you know? So uh, that tells you something. So it, yeah, it, it definitely works both ways. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's an interesting problem. Maybe I can. Uh, I've had we've talked about family offices on the show before, but uh, maybe we can address that again for folks that have very large, hundred million plus dollar uh, uh, checks. They can. They can that'll, that'll be that'll be a beautiful conversation. I'll tell you, and then I, I can give you some recommendations of people that can jump on the show uh, that you can invite to talk about that. That would be. That would be awesome. So <laughs> to everybody out there, stay tuned for that. We'll, yes, we'll talk about yes. that. I have uh, to do it. So. <laughs> awesome. So um, where can folks get in touch with you if they want to learn more, if they're in Miami, what's the, you know, the group, all that stuff. Yeah. The, the group uh, in Miami um, today, well, today's October 8th or 9th, whatever. The next meetup is going to be October 29th. Uh, it's called the Multifamily Investor Meetup. Uh, it's going to be here in Miami, in downtown Miami. Uh, but if you want to join the list and get my newsletter and also get an ebook that I wrote about passive investing and multifamily, uh, and then also you're going to get notifications about the meetups and all the other, whatever other events that, that, that I'm going to be attending or, or, or hosting or whatever, um, go to bldcapitalgroup.com forward slash join and uh again there you input your email you'll get the ebook you'll get uh bi-weekly newsletters about you know ed education uh just general multifamily education and the notifications about the the events and all that uh, i'm also active very very active on on all the social media platforms uh so you can reach out instagram is my favorite one so uh the multifamily investor uh, on instagram just reach out there uh, and, you know, I, I always reply. So, Awesome. And I think I follow you on, on Instagram and I know I'm on your email list and you have always, I'm always impressed by how good looking your emails are in addition to the quality, the content, the, the, the design is impeccable. I'm always blown away. So get a lot of credit for that. Well, yep. You know, now you you're selling me you're selling me the right way, so people need to join it. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, they should. And there's a there'll be a link in the show notes uh, for those that didn't get it, but it's bld cap bld capital group dot com slash join, right? Yes. All right, yeah. awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today and sharing your lessons, and I hope folks uh, reach out and and learn more and get a copy of the ebook. 
Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me. See you in the next one. Yep. Great to talk to you again. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the discussion today. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating or review on iTunes. It'd be a very big help. It helps other people learn about the show. If you know anyone that could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the fold. Thank you for tuning in once again, and we will talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.